1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. We've spoken before about how Australia is a country of contradictions, and it remains that. Um, The Queen died recently, you know, fine, uh, that's fine. Um, (laughs) uh, And so it's a bummer for some people. Others know, you know, fucking whatever, essentially. Uh, Republic soon enough. We've discussed that before. Um, there've been a number of distasteful responses. One of the most fun distasteful responses was this great Irish like militant socialist TikTok account I follow, where them and their mates went to dancing a jig outside of Buckingham Palace to like do 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 <laughs> be like Lizzie's dead, fucking let's go. And I was like, girl, that's uh, <laughs> that's fair enough, <laughs> I guess as far as it goes," but. The number of sporting associations and clubs and government um, associations and unincorporated associations in New South Wales, the state we're in, that fly the Aboriginal flag, that had that flag flown at half-mast for Queen Elizabeth's death, I sort of thought... I'm not sure that's the fucking flag you want to hang at half mast right about now. Like, the oppressor dies and you're like, ooh, that's a bummer, she seemed nice. And it's just been a fairly jarring experience that I've enjoyed through the week. But, Shag, the big news is I've solved the podcast, 150 episodes, now I've watched a horror film, and the world is scarily similar to how it was beforehand, and I think you and I are going to need to debrief on it a little bit today.
0: The thing is, mm. there's a really amazing song mm. by the songwriter Vanessa Carlton, who you know mostly from, mm. I think it was her debut single, A Thousand Miles. Was that
1: her debut single? Oh, my God.
0: I know, right? Uh, wild. Yep. O- on her follow-up album, the first single mm. was a song called White Houses, and I, I it is in my favorite tracks of all time um it's more and more i realize that some pieces of art Mm. reject a rating system some things are just perfect or they're not some things are out of 10 and then some things are perfect you know Mm -hmm. like there are things that are so unfathomably good that there's no point giving it a 8 out of 10 a 9.5 out of 10 they're just perfect this is one of those songs it's a perfect song
1: For me, it's that Midlake song, Roscoe, that just no one ever talks about. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the best song ever. Everyone's (laughs) like, "Mm, no, it's fine. (laughs) So anyway, she had this song Mm.
0: called White Houses, and it was kind of revolutionary Mm. for a mid-naughties pop star who sang a song about losing her virginity. And basically the point is, like, losing a virginity is fine and normal and it wasn't that exciting and I probably built it up too much and it actually happens all the time and I've, I've grown and I'm a better person for it, but it wasn't this big moment that I built it up to be. Mm. And it's the same thing with any, you know, major breakthrough in your life. It doesn't feel, it just feels like progress. It doesn't feel yep. like, well, the world changes. Like the world is the same, but the difference is mm. you've now watched a horror film. How do yep. you, you know, how did you feel during it and how do you feel after it?
1: Well, I mean, this links back to our discussion last week because essentially uh, shame is the uh, dominant response and and it comes out in a number of different ways. One is a, I can't believe I was running from this thing for so long that we've now established a reasonably successful long-running podcast based on it. And the second one was, uh, Peach, you chose an easy one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you didn't actually do the real, like you didn't do a proper horror film. You cheated essentially. Was my was my outcome after it? Because watching the Babadook, it's this study on like grief and like shame and what extreme fatigue does to you when you're raising young children, and you know the impossible unfairness of th- some things that happen in life, and then just the tension of interpersonal relationships. And the reality of, like, how you can, like, obsessively love and still be driven mad by your children at the same time, like how both of those things can happen simultaneously. Um, And it was this profound reflection, as I almost said on the voice memo, I was like, I feel like I learned more about myself during the Babadook. And and so I don't feel like it was one of the real, like, it was no... um, Fucking! I I forget the names of half the films we do. The Scary Clown one that Luke Hyland made us watch. um, Oh, no, not Terrifier. Oh, yeah, Terrifier. It's no Terrifier. And
0: Terrifier 2 comes out next month, just so you know.
1: Potentially I should be watching Terrifier 2, I guess is really my (laughs) point, and that I cheated watching the Babadook, and so I haven't really done it. It That was one of the uh, reflections I was coming to.
0: Actually, no. You know what? I love your revelation because it it Mm. kind of leads in to today's film in the Mm. Horror as a genre, and we've talked about this before, and Babadook Mm. does this, horror as a genre can explain feelings that are dark, Mm. have negative effects, you know, make us feel bad, can explain those feelings better than a conventional drama that's like I'm feeling bad feelings can ever really do because they bring them to life in a way using horror techniques you can bring to life very real feelings that people feel and make something entirely compelling, like I think horror really is the genre that does that better than any other, one of the many reasons I love it and I love the fact that as as the first mm. plate from the horror buffet, and right now you've you've stepped up to the horror buffet you've you've taken a plate let's go you've had an introductory plate you went to mm the atmospheric section you tried something you're like "Mm, that looks yummy but there's the gory section there's the hyper scary you know there's all these different sections to try but i love the fact that you had that revelation because it's so true about the genre and it relates to the film we're going to do today so peach today we're doing another very atmospheric coming-of-age horror drama called we're all going to the
1: world's fair let's go hey guys casey here Welcome to my channel. Today I'm going to be taking the World's Fair challenge. So, you want to join the internet's scariest online horror game? We can't be held responsible for what you become. All you have to do to get started is take the challenge.
0: I don't know what to expect.
1: I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the world's fair. I want to go to the world's fair.
0: This is for serious players only. I hope that you're ready to get scared together.
1: I need to figure out
0: what's going on. I can feel the forces of the fair pulling Sure. Someday soon, I'm just going
1: to disappear. And you won't have any idea what happened to me. That feels like cheating again. I'm like, that probably doesn't count. That looks amazing. <laughs> 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 I'm like, like awesome concept. Execution looks fantastic. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's probably Bubba Dook level. Doesn't count as a horror film, but it looks great.
0: A couple of weeks ago, mm. we got you know the like we didn't we didn't get canceled but we got sort of semi canceled for your dislike <laughs> of the Prey synopsis. Of Prey,
1: yeah, sorry.
0: (laughs) Like, people were angry. People were angry that you did not like the Wikipedia synopsis of Prey. Mm. You know, I think there was one particular message that, like, to be honest, it's like any feedback's good and I appreciate it and if you don't Mm. like what we do, please let us know because how else will we know? Mm. But there was the one that almost shook me. Somebody wrote it and it started with, like, three thumbs down emojis and it was like, bad work, guys. It started something like that and I was just like, oh, that... That really, like, it was a piece of criticism that actually just really mm. stung. And I kind of love that the next episode, I brought this up with you because I'm like, we, we probably mm. should address this. And you being Peach was like, well, I'm not going to back down. But also, like, the whole point of this podcast is <laughs> I listen to the Wikipedia synopsis, right? Look, with that in mind, yes. after watching this film, which is yeah. both an excellent film and
1: deeply boring
0: (laughs) i've realized that sometimes the wikipedia synopsis is better than the film
1: if this is uh, i mean we have circled the fact that trailers are uh, if not the uh, like actually the greatest art form humanity's yet come up with so Mm. i imagine the trailer combined with the wikipedia synopsis and even the title, it's like, fabulously good title as well. Right?
0: Like, as, as a title, mm. that is a horror film I want to fucking dive headfirst into. I did. Uh, give me that. Give me, so like, good. something recognisable, but in the guise of a horror title makes me feel a bit unnerved. I am there.
1: It's your good night, mommy. I mean, it's so mm. it's so good,
0: right? So right? Good, like good. it's why something like Terrifier is kind of annoying because <laughs> it's like the bad blood killing
1: thing. Yeah, you know, it's like the bloody slippery dip that we came the bloody up with, slippery with, with a couple of apps ago. I think it's it's up there on that straightforward sort of tip. This, this, this you're intrigued by. This, the title is almost like the title itself becomes part of the work. Mm. You know, so many horror films, you go like Spooky Bad Guy Horror Film uh, 1.0, 1.1, 1.2, 1.3.
0: And then like a name that doesn't even make sense, Orphan First Kill, but it's like her first kill happened before Orphan First Kill happened.
1: Yep. Yep, precisely. And here it feels much more like, the, the you know, an auteurist kind of work of someone who's like, I want to think about the experience I want to give someone. I think what I want to say is when you hear a title like that, you feel like you are in the hands of someone doing something deliberate. You know, you're in the hands mm. of someone who has thought through the sort of art they want to make and thought through the sort of impression they want to make on you. And so, I feel confident as a consumer of art to be like, "Great, you know, I got someone who wants to make something. I'm interested to hear what they've got to say." Shag, can't wait to hear how boring this is. And you've got a spooky <laughs> shadow just in the background. Oh, holy shit! I <laughs> that's pop. Oh, that's your hand. <laughs> that's <my> hand. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the blurry background of Zim, I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell <laughs> That's so funny, that is so funny mm.
0: We are a podcast about nuance We know mm. that two things can be true at the same time So I mean no offence When I say this film yes. is deeply boring I think it, it's meant to be bo- Like Part of it is meant to be boring And you'll, you'll discover why But it is a very boring experience But it's also A quite unnerving film It Mm -hmm. has so much going for it. So it's directed by uh, Jane Schoenbrunn, who is a non-binary filmmaker Mm -hmm. and wrote a film that is both about a generation who have basically grown up with the internet and, you know, the alienation of being alone online can bring, but also the alienation of gender dysmorphia when you're young and -hmm. you're sort of rejecting who you are and you feel completely isolated. So, th- the boringness, the loneliness of this film is a feature and not a bug. But yes. that doesn't stop the experience being boring, right? Like, there's so much artwork, you know, going to mm. art school, there's so much art where I'd be like, that's brilliant. I am not enjoying this at all.
1: <laughs> you know what I, I can, mean? Yeah, of like, I get it, I hate it, and I get it. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> I hate kidding. it, and I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, the other thing about this film, like there's there's mm. just so much like the more the more I thought about this film, the more it's like I love it. So, you know, we talk about perfect music before. Its mm. soundtrack is by an artist called Alex G, who I think in his time has written some absolutely perfect songs. Look up this guy Alex G. He writes folk music that has an impossible to characterize dreamlike quality. That's so perfect for this film. And in fact, Jane talks about how when they were writing this film, they were listening to a lot of Alex G and then eventually contacted Alex G and was like, Do you wanna do the soundtrack to the film? And Alex G, if you follow Alex G as a musician, he's just a normal dude, is like, yeah, cool. And there's this interview with him where <laughs> they're like, boring. Yeah, but, no, no, but he was just, he's just like, he's the most normal guy and just makes the most like otherworldly music. Every everything about this film, everything about it coming together is just is just so interesting and so cool. And like I mm. think when you hear this Wikipedia synopsis, you'll be into it. Like the Wikipedia synopsis is good. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's just hard to sit through all 86 minutes of it. <laughs>
1: Like I'm sitting here, yeah, respecting it as an artwork and being like, I'm not sure I need to say. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Sounds like they did a great job. I'm not sure I need to say this one.
0: Well, and, and look, like what I love is the fact that I want to, I want to give it credit and and mm. I want to hold it up as a, a paragon of what horror can do. And I'm mm. and I'm glad we can do that with this show, especially now that you've started watching horror films, you've been to the horror buffet yeah. and you're sampling some of the delicious meats and fruits and fried uh, potato variations that exist within.
1: I should say I didn't like the horror bits of the (laughs) (laughs) butter. It was the other bits that I liked.
0: (laughs) So... The oh, whole sorry, film. one other
1: quick thing. I'm really, really sorry. Seth, who just joined our work uh, and so now is an employee of mine, which is a little bit awkward and also follows this podcast, explains that the Babadook apparently is a queer icon and so has overtaken Kylie Minogue as like Australia's um, like presence in the international queer community, which is a triumph I was unaware of and I think is really cool because I think it's, easier for someone to dress up as the babadook than oh, maybe that's wrong i feel like it's a more accessible outfit or look to mimic or celebrate or pay tribute to than kylie's look perhaps so
0: well it's it's hard to be like unless you wear iconic kylie clothes mm. it's hard to be kylie because it's just like i'm an Australian tiny woman shiny right like right you know? like yeah. unless you wear the shiny shorts or the you know the cargo pants and the, the top from can't get you out of my head. It's hard to know you, are Kylie. Oh, but with yes. the Babadook, it's pretty easy. You yep. can be the Babadook, you know, going to Hawaii. You can be the Babadook, like as a skateboarder. Yes. You can and you still know it's the Duke. So yeah, I like I, I I as as a as as a look. Yeah, like,
1: absolutely way more yep.
0: definable. Okay, so this
1: film... And as a cultural export, yeah, more available. Yeah, yeah, So this film, Shag, sorry, this, tell This us, film is kind of structured
0: like... Well, like, one of the reasons why it's quite boring is that it's sort of structured like a late-night YouTube binge in the way that you watch a video mm. and then you'll just go to another and maybe one won't be that good, but then you'll cut to another and it'll be sort of like a stream of conscious. Like, mine are always really embarrassing. Like, I'll watch... The playthrough of a 1992 Sega Mega Drive game, and then I'll cut <clears> to all the boss battles, and then I'll decide that I really need to hear Pusha T's Drake diss "The Story of Adidon" again, Ugh. and then I'll watch a reaction video of that when it came out, just watching everybody flip when he says "You are hiding a child," and then I might decide remember, you know, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. very, like like I'm pretty sure I know what yours would look like, and they would start with a cricket video, and. Maybe just continue with more cricket videos. Uh, It always ends up
1: these days being, like, arguments about whether LeBron was the greatest. And considering I don't watch basketball, people are just really opinionated. It's like, oh, fucking, like, of course LeBron's, like, either as good or not as good as Michael Jordan. I'm like, oh, so true. He really is. He's so athletic.
0: So anyway, so so that's what this film is structured like. And it starts with Mm. a... Like, just a a long shot where the camera and the audience are the computer and we're looking at Casey, who is a teenage girl. She's Mm. a lonely teenage girl who we slowly discover through the film, but it's definitely not the sort of film where there's heaps of, like, dialogue exposition. It's it's told very cleverly in that way with both Alex G's soundtrack and the choice of footage they use. But she's a lonely teenage girl who lives with her widower father. They live in upstate New York, but the idea was, reading interviews with Jane, Mm. was that it's when when you go to a particular part of suburbia, whether you're in America, whether you're in Australia, whether you're you're in pretty much any Western country, you know, yes. I remember I remember driving through Italy and like outside of Rome, before you get to like the really roamy parts of Rome, it's fucking shopping centers and McMansions and petrol stations and McDonald's. You know what I mean? It's like Suburbia yep. just kind of looks the same no matter where you go.
1: Mm.
0: And so the point was she's supposed to basically live, she lives in upstate New York, but she actually lives everywhere. Yes. One day she decides to record herself taking the viral World's Fair Challenge. So, so this entire opening shot, it probably goes for a couple of minutes before mm. she looks at the camera and goes, okay, guys, today I'm going to take the World's Fair Challenge. And what's really funny is we actually watch her, in a single take, do it a couple of times. So be like, okay,
1: no. Oh, yes, I you, you know
0: what? Like, think about different <clears throat> ways to say it. But eventually she's like, I'm going to take the World's Fair challenge and I'm going to see what happens. So to take the World's Fair challenge, she has to say, I want to go to the World's Fair three times into the screen, which, again, is like, I don't even yeah. want to know why it's scary, but it's scary. So good. Like, Peach, say I want to go to the World's Fair three times right now.
1: Uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Let's go.
0: <laughs> but it's like, th- there would be a point of view that's like, oh, I don't like, there'd be a point of view that's like, look, I know this, none of this is anything, but like, oh, that's a bit bad. Mm. So she does that.
1: I mean, Candyman, I would not do. I'm happy to sit here at nighttime and make a Beetlejuice joke, but there's no fucking way I'm doing <laughs> Candyman.
0: <laughs> so she smears some of her blood on her laptop screen and then watches a short video of strobing lights before saying, she's now done it. And she's gonna make updates on any changes she notices. So the World's Fair Challenge is apparently
1: the scariest
0: horror challenge you can do online.
1: It does sound scarier than the Antrim challenge, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's 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 very true of that. I th- I think they call it creepypasta, that sort mm. of that sort of online horror subcommunity of Creepy
1: Pasta, is it not? Creepy
0: pasta, sorry, yes, creepy yeah. pasta. Fuck, I don't know how to pronounce these things. I only ever read them. I, I said awry. I spoke awry as Ori for about 10 years of my life. I'd be like, ooh, things are going
1: Ori today. I, I feel you. Um, annihilation and annihilation are two different <laughs> words for me until, like, my mid-20s. I was like, you just got annihilated and annihilated. <laughs> Fuck, like, and I feel bad for you. Right <laughs>
0: so anyway, so, so it, it feels like a real thing. Like, I mm. believe that the World's Fair Challenge would exist. Anyway, so we then see video, which we assume she's watching, of mm. other World's Fair challenges recording and posting their own psychological and physical changes. There's a guy who's in a really scary clown makeup. There's this one later on where a guy's picking scabs and, you know, like ticket machines at arcade places where you win tickets and you trade them in for prizes. Yeah. He slowly pulls a reel of tickets, like, out of his skin yeah, and it's like there's there's all these like really creepy moments. Like Ugh. this film uses horror tropes very well. Casey's next video recounts bouts of sleepwalking she experienced when she was younger, saying she's become begun feeling similarly since mm-hmm. taking the challenge.
1: In fairness, she didn't know she was sleepwalking. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, she, like, you sleep as the same. You sleep in the same bed as someone else, and. Look, I don't think it's going too far. Or even if it is going too far, she's never going to find out because she doesn't listen to this podcast. But apparently my mum does, like, hilarious sleep talking that's proper mid-conversations of, like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Like, she'll just catch herself in the middle of conversations. And she's unaware of that. And so the amusing anecdote about um, the sleepwalking is is, I think, an anecdote you can't really tell about yourself. I mean, you can't really go, you guys will never guess what sort of sleepwalking I got up to last night.
0: <laughs> Isn't that right? What's, what's cool about it, though, is the way she describes it. She's mm. basically like, you know mm. those scenes in Paranormal Activity where the character gets up and does stuff against their will? That's what it feels like. And by immediately referencing Paranormal Activity, they then start to include some of those elements of Paranormal Activity because most of this film is told through i guess videos to camera or youtube videos Mm. so it's it's just it's very well made in that sense so the moment she even just referencing that Mm. i was like fuck a ghost gonna be a part of this what's happening what's gonna happen
1: (laughs) anyway it's a bit of thematic gore shadowing it's good
0: late one night she sneaks into her shed where she finds her father's assault rifle she then watches an asmr video of a young woman calming someone after a nightmare after a nightmare Before a disturbing video made to her from user JLB plays, featuring Casey's distorted face along with the messages, "You are in trouble,
1: and I need to talk to you." This is—I mean, this is good. This is evocative. It's good, right? It's good. bored at this stage? Yeah, a little bit. Oh
0: no, no, you're you're chilled, but you're also like checking the time count like constantly. (laughs) You're like, oh wow, thirty minutes have passed. Ah, uh, fifty-five minutes ago. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those movies where you feel accomplished for watching it, but yeah. But also, I imagine in the cinema, maybe in the right frame of mind, mm. this would be different. Watching it on a on a you know a, a YouTube tube screen while I was doing my timesheets, maybe not the intended. Uh, experience Jane wanted from me, the viewer.
1: But anyway. But death of the author, you know, like your art gets consumed. Once you push your art into the world, it's going to get consumed how it gets consumed. How,
0: yeah, how dare you
1: like... How <laughs> <laughs> dare you have a preference? That's you? <laughs> I like it minimised on yeah. my phone at one and a half speed. It's a present. You gave me the present. I'll do with it what I want.
0: You can't tell me how to use your present. Anyway, so Casey reaches out, out, out to JLB who initially is basically like sounds like a middle-aged man don't see their face basically <clears throat> doesn't inc- doesn't have camera on makes a makes an excuse why they can't have camera on and just have like a scary hand-drawn image for their avatar the first thing Casey says is like your video was really scary and it's just this like classic internet thing where it's like if you know we um we're all going to the World Fair was a real challenge. Mm -hmm. The origins of it would be I wanted to make something scary. You know, it's not like like thousands of years ago where scary stories were cautionary tales to stop people eating the wrong berries or uh, straying too far from the village and being picked off by wolves or whatever. Yeah, It's literally like I'm bored and alone and isolated. I think it'd be cool to scare someone. So I think it's really funny that her first thing is like, Wow, those videos you sent me were really scary, and he goes, "Thank, you. It's just, it's just Thank very, you. it's just very internet, right? Anyway, so JLB says he's a collaborator with other World's Fair challenges and speaks with her over Skype. JLB claims to worry about the symptoms Casey reported in her last post, and he encourages her to keep making videos so he can monitor her well-being. JLB is revealed to be an equally lonely, middle-aged man. Who spends his time watching other people's World's Fair videos? Now Casey decides to post a video of her sleeping, kind of like paranormal activity style. Mm. And
1: JLb watches imagine it. watching that though, like that's gonna be like seven hours, eight hours.
0: Oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, totally. And if There's you're depressed, no speed fast enough. <laughs> and if you're lonely, isolated, depressed, it's more like twelve hours, right? Oh god. JLb watches the video. And during it, there's this moment, and he, and, and, and he then contacts her, and he's like, "There's a moment." Oh no, no, sorry. He, he then contact, yeah, he then contacts mm. her and explains that there's a moment in the video that she probably didn't notice. It's about seven hours in, and oh my God, it's actually so scary. Yes. And it, it's nothing, right? It's like paranormal activity where her eyes seem to open, her hand reaches down the side of the bed, sort of scratches it. her hand pulls up and then pulls her mouth into, like, a big, like, garish smile. Uh, sick. And is then asleep, but eyes wide open, gar- holding her mouth open in, like, a false smile.
1: Uh that's sick and scary. Yes, I'm right? freaking
0: out. Right? JLB informs her through another personal video that the forces behind the World's Fair are taking over her and that she should continue posting videos so he knows she's okay. Because obviously, if she stops, he'll be like, "What happened to her?" But also, that's also a bit weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, this is this is similar to um, uh, the hereditary um, the trick that Gail plays of like, "Oh, I know how to get rid of the ghost. Just just do this. Uh, just do ghost stuff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, the way to get rid of the ghost is to summon Paimon. Here we go. Don't
0: worry about it. <laughs> Casey's mental state begins to deteriorate which becomes apparent in the stream of videos she continues posting online, including one where she, oh my God, there's one, again, there's another one where all of a sudden she's posting another, like we see the whole video and she does like a dance, kind of like, unlike in, you know, obviously like TikTok dance challenges, but she's also singing along to an entire synth song. And then halfway through this song and she's dancing and she's singing and she's doing all the moves, halfway through, she just starts eyes wide, screaming like uncontrollably, like she's in absolute agony for about 30 seconds, and then goes back to finishing the dance like nothing happened. Ugh,
1: that is also freaky and good, Shag. Yes.
0: She posts another where she states her intention to either murder her father with his gun
1: or kill herself. How many minutes in are we now?
0: We're probably about 60 minutes in.
1: Yeah, okay, let's go.
0: <laughs> in her next video, she covers her face and arms in glow paint in her blacklit bedroom and tears apart the stuffed animal she slept with since she was a newborn. She then appears to come to, becoming distraught over her doll's destruction. In her next conversation with JLB, he asks, go out of game, and admits he continues to worry about her and says he once considered calling the police over her video's content, but obviously didn't. Casey seems surprised by J.L. statement that the fair is just a game, but quickly regains her composure and angrily asserts that her videos were not real, that she was only playing along with the challenge, and that Casey isn't even her real name. She cuts off contact with him, and he tries in vain to convince her to continue making videos, but gets nothing.
1: I'm I'm freaking out of it. This is good. Shag. This is a good synopsis. One year later. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, JLB go. recounts
0: having been reached back out to by Casey, whom invites him to meet her in New York, where she's currently living. Mm. While they're there, after a weird awkwardness, he says sorry for for how the things he said, even though he didn't really say anything, he just said, mm. i worried about you. But also he's a groomer and there's, 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 there's a weirdness to this yes. relationship that's never quite explained, but is very sort of internet, like is very true for, you know, an internet experience for I think a lot of young people. Mm. She says, no, that night I did. I, I made it past the ticket gate through the crowds and I, I made it to the World's Fair. And then he's like, we then ate some pizza, I went home, and I never heard from her again. Now, keep in mind, he says this, we never see her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we don't know whether that happened or not, what his true intentions were, what happened to her. And that's the end of We're All Going to the World's Fair.
1: That's reasonably satisfying to me as, like, an atmospheric piece. Uh, I... I respect that, Jack, and I can imagine leaving it being like, hmm, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Do you remember seeing Elephant with you and me and Al and Lex?
0: Oh, my God, yes. Yes.
1: Yes. And, yes. and I remember feeling similarly of leaving that and being like, huh, there, <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> we just saw that and there we, there we go. And you know it's not as good as the Babadook I'll say from direct knowledge of the Babadook and zero knowledge of we're all going to the world's fair.
0: I also love that now you have a frame of reference. So everything's either going to be better or worse than the Babadook. <laughs> than the Babadook. So so <laughs> you're rating officially Worse than the Babadook.
1: Yes, precisely. Babal. So, <laughs> the, 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 of my two post-Babadook filming m- movie so movie experiences, Babadook stays dominant. So you know it's top of the pile at the moment. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can as much as you can. And Resh's. What's up? Oh my god, Peach, this might be the first
0: time we've ever done an intentional addendum. Usually I just edit something that, yeah. we, that was
1: mentioned. This Sometimes is i send you a voice memo. Oh, one time. T- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but this is really important because there was a thing I wanted to say in this episode, and I forgot to say it. And now we've already played the bit that goes. Oh, I'm bo- really bo- busy.
1: Oh, I've got a lot
0: on. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Because no, we've already done the and rushes. What's up? But I've got to play, I've got to tell you okay, this thing. What's up? So yep. where do you think I watched "We're All Going to the World's Fairer?
1: This is a great question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, it's not in the car, like public public transport.
0: Well, maybe I should have asked that question better. This is like okay. when I ask Golden Charter question, and they're like, "I don't understand <laughs> context," and it's like I should doesn't doesn't work. So, so look, I watched it on the horror streaming service Shutter. Okay. It was on Shutter. Yeah. And now Shutter has the letterbox feature where. People give their reviews of the film. Obviously, Mm -hmm. everyone hated this film on Shadow. They were like, Where's the horror? I just want to read out my favorite review. This is from GM68 UK. Mm. Gave it one skull out of five and said, Fuck Shadow sucks. Wait, said, Two minutes in and I've had enough. Life is too short.
1: Oh, God. Like, Sir so Jane's got to all this, like, <laughs> created this work. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like, and you push it out into the world. Yeah. Two minutes. And GM68 is like. <laughs> <laughs> <Four> minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. In. This is like that time when uh, I didn't like pray very much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh What's up?